Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and I am here tonight with the newest Supporter Shield winner, Josh Cacho. Oh, man. How are you, man? I mean, it's, it's, I think after a string of um, less than favorable games, you know, it feels like it's been about a month since we've had something positive to say or so. Um, it was good to just finally start talking and looking from that positive side of things, especially as we head into the, into the last stretch of the season here. Yeah, I mean, the the last time I remember being really enthusiastic about things was uh, against San Jose, and we were all just besides ourselves, or beside ourselves at you know the four nil victory um, over that just demolition over San Jose, who got beat again tonight. By the way, I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, but, I mean, they haven't quite looked. I mean, I think they just run out of gas, right? And that that seems like it's more of a personnel thing than anything in yeah. terms of the way that Almeida wants to play and ultimately yeah. how that will play out. But, you know, this is a night where I think we need to be talking about the supporter shield. Yeah, let's uh, not bury the lead here. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Josh, take it away on your thoughts about the about the supporter shield. No, I mean, it. when when you look back at the last, you know, the last few games in terms of how we were playing and, and the, the different comments that were coming out about you know, the, the way the team is playing and the select team selection and all these different things. And obviously, you know, losing Dio for an undisclosed amount of time. Um, you know, there is definitely a lot to swallow and a lot to try and kind of take, just try and figure out again, how, how does this team move forward? Right. And I, I'm not sure that there was a clear path that anyone really saw at this point. Right. It just seemed like it maybe it was one of those things where there was just too much, not necessarily to overcome, but definitely they, they had, you know, it was going to take a lot longer to figure out than I think we had all hoped. And, you know, and again, it took about a month. So it seemed like, and so it actually did take a lot longer and it, or it did take longer. Um, but at this point, you know, you, you could start to see those things finally coming together. You know, you could see the, the creativity that we, that they've lacked at the front, the front three in terms of how Vela Rossi and Rodriguez start to play together. Some of those things were starting to come off. The movement was there. The interchanging was there. I mean, it was an interchanging run from Rodriguez that actually draws the penalty. Right. You know, that, coming that leads across the to... the box, yeah. Yeah, coming across the box, doing something where he's probably flashing across. You have Rossi that's probably sliding underneath it, you know, and that kind of thing. And so, you know, when, you, when we start to have some of these things, you know, come off, then this team becomes extremely difficult to play against, you know, and then some of the weaknesses that have been apparent throughout the early part of the season in terms of balls being played over the top of Harvey and so on and so forth, having El Manir in there, you know, and then just having the legs of, you know, their young legs being able to get up and down and not only be attacking, but also make the recovery run. And I think that what to me was the story of the night, right. Yeah. Was just that ability to, to stretch again. I think we've, I've talked about it, you know, over the last few, you know, last few games in terms of being able to stretch defenses both laterally and vertically, whereas it seemed like we had settled for to kind of just play vertical, playing balls over the top, all those types of things. Tonight, you just saw if you, you know, watch the orange blob of defenders in the middle of the field and see how often that blob moves from left to right mm -hmm. and then up and down. And it was just way more than you saw from, you know, Toronto in that you know, in the previous game. Yeah. And so it's, it's one of those things where again, it was, it's, it's the team that we've gotten grown accustomed to, 
but I think this is the next iteration of it that hopefully is going to make that next run, you know, towards the cup. Right. You, know, you got one down and you got one more to go. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think your point about stretching them laterally is really important. And it's not just in the attacking third. It's also in our own third and in the, in the, in the middle third as well, where we've seen so many teams mark Edward Atuesta out of the game, uh, not even because of a man marking scheme, just because of where they're, placing their forwards when they're not in possession. Uh, and because our fullbacks are pushed so high all the time and they got tired legs, they're not going to track back and shuttle the ball. Um, you know, we saw the return to more of a two, three, five, or whatever we want to call it with the fullbacks dropping back to help stretch those forwards a little bit and open up more space for Atuesta, who I think is the biggest beneficiary of the changes tonight because he looked like a different man out there tonight uh, with more space to operate and more time on the ball as opposed to just being hacked down constantly and having to recycle possession every time he, he sees the ball. Um, and then you throw in as well Lee Wynn, who's dropping in even deeper to provide yet another outlet. And he's so much better shuttling the ball on that right-hand side than Latif Blessing is, who tends to take way too many touches before he passes the ball away. And I think, like you said, we, we see a return to more of a dynamic attack and, uh, and you could, and we thoroughly disorganized a, a bunkered team. Um, and granted, this isn't, they're not as good as Minnesota or, uh, some of the other bunker teams we faced in the last couple of weeks, but, um, you, you know, you can only, you can only play who's, you know, the team that's on the other side of the pitch and, uh, LAFC, played them fantastically tonight yeah you know and and it's one of those things where you know if you look at you know i think the most important thing is were they playing to the you know to the the mm -hmm. principal style of play right and and I, I think that was very apparent that they were able to you know and it hadn't been right for at least the last two maybe three games right it was you know, there was there was a specific tactic they were using those different things, but you started to see them stray away, you know, from from the principles that have got them this far in the season, right? In terms of being able to move and pass and do those different things, and again, it wasn't a lot of one on running. It was forming your passing triangles. It was doing all those little things like that. You know, how you move, how you interchange. You know, um, again, it was it's that positionless football that you, you know, that that Bob has embraced, you know, at times in, you know, when the, when the buildup starts, there's not a center forward, right? Vela's drop so deep tonight mm -hmm. that you see moments where it's, you know, in a, in attack, it's essentially like, you know, what, like a, a two, three, you know, it's like a two. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like a two seven yeah. right? or a two nine, right. In right. terms of, or two eight, in terms of just the way that, you know how deep everyone's drop and in in there and then all of a sudden now springs forward into the attack and because it's fully rotate you know they're rotating and they're moving and they're cutting inside and doing different things right and you don't necessarily have that true striker that's just waiting for the ball you know like you're lumping it up to a target striker who now flicks it on or does different things to runners from the outside this one is a little bit different where now because he's dropping the ball so deep in the space you know there's a couple times where you see you know you don't even see Vela in the picture in the attacking third. It's actually Lee and Lee Wynn and Latif Blessing that are getting forward that are playing centrally. Right. Right. And Vela is, you know, you'll have them basically play, 
you know, inside of Rossi and and Rodriguez, and then Vela all of a sudden will make that that late run into the box, yeah. you know. And so again, it, it's just disorganizing. It was it's probably how the false, you know, it's how this false night. Not probably it is how the the I think the intended false nine is supposed to play, right? Where you basically just have you know like Vela dropping down and going from you know it will drop into space and pick up balls from either Rossi or from you know or from Rodriguez and then come back centrally and then find you know those find those eights that are pushing forward from there right but i think the one thing that you started to see was the way how patient Atuesto had, was able to be on offense yeah. because Lee Wen was taking care of the ball right because you didn't constantly have giveaways in the middle of the park where he's now having to extinguish fires and do those different things and then try and do things on his own right because again they're not because we're forcing a little bit too much through the middle of the pitch now it comes off a lot smoother with those overlaps there now he can just sit deeper and then again just play make from the back you know which i think is what his best skill is not necessarily a guy that is going to have to drive forward and and do those types of things again which is more of what again latif and mark anthony k and are are entrusted to do you know like i said it's weird that you see a lot of pundits and different people talk and call Latifa 10 when he's again, he technically is maybe on the defensive end, but from, you know, like when they're pushing forward in the position, he's part, you know, he's one of the two attacking eights, right? That's, it's, you know, similar to, you know, like I said, more of that, you know, even Burhalter, I think is who is the one person as of late that's played the two attacking eights. And then I think Pep Guardiola, you know, is is probably the one on the biggest stage that plays it, where you have De Bruyne and uh, who's the other side, David Silva, just pushing forward with you know, like I said, a holding midfield that sits behind it. And so, yeah, just to started to see those things come off. You know, again, it was it was a welcome sight after, like I said, after a long, a long few weeks of you know, again, just kind of getting away from what what of yeah. what what's got us here this yeah, far. It's- a very very impressive match tonight um one thing you kind of got into was atuesta and space on the ball and i know i've already talked about this a little bit but um the fact that i didn't see so many cruyff turns and you know the kind of like sergio busquets-esque moves uh spinning away from pressure tonight from edward atuesta and that his most memorable footwork was literally in the penalty box uh the opposing penalty box, I should say, that tells you everything that you need to know about how this game went because he wasn't able to be pressured the same. Uh, and he's just free to do what he does best, which is, again, we've talked about him as a regista and this kind of deep-lying playmaker uh, who's jump-starting attacks from, from deep in the midfield. Uh, so it's definitely something that we need to see whatever... You know, I don't. I, I. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot different tactically from what we were doing at the beginning of the year. I think it's really just a personnel change here. Um, so hopefully, Bob uh, sticks with it, and we continue to see more of the same. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a a recognition of space, right? You know, and it's like we we dominated the possession, like we I think even have been as of late. You know, with the exception of you know, the Toronto game where there was a, just a lot of lumping the ball forward and, you know, long balls and that kind of thing. You know, we've, you know, even in some of these other games that didn't go our way, you know, we've still dominated possession for the majority of the game. The problem is, 
in dominating that position, we lose the ability to make sure that the space is occupied as well, right? Whereas tonight, there was a, you know, there's very, a very much like a distinct effort from Lee Wynn to make sure that we controlled the space as as much as we controlled possession, right? And if you, when you do both of those things, right, you're often you're often going to just t destroy teams, right? And Ethan, I think that's the one thing that you started to see where, again, Houston didn't have much of a shot because, again, the way the positioning that Lee Wynn has on that right hand side of the pitch. Right, was able to just match, you know, and reflect what 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 you know, what was needed for the game situation, you know. Whereas again, I think one of the bigger complaints that I've had over the last you know five to six games is that we've we've very much just lacked that. Right, is that that recognition of of where um, where you need to be, when you need to be, how you're supposed to move in real, you know, in reaction to other people. Um, you know, again, whereas it's seeming like they were just pushing forward for the sake of pushing yeah. forward. Yeah. Speaking of guys pushing forward, Josh, Tyler Miller tonight. <laughs> again, I don't like to see him in, in these situations. I don't even like to see him do it, to be honest. But, wow, that man came out of the box so many times, chesting the ball away, heading the ball away, diving headers, uh, all these clearances. What do you make of Tyler Miller's performance tonight? the man has to get his confidence back one way or another. And if that's what it takes to do it, I'm all about it. Right. Because I, I think so much of, of what makes him like what has made him, what made him the starter early on in the season, right. Is just him playing with that reckless abandon, right. To a certain yeah, degree, fearless. you know, yeah. like where, where it's when he starts to second guess himself, you know, like, and it's, and it's when Zlatan's there and then those, those things like that is where you start to see him, lose you know like i said it, it takes away from what makes him good right i think it's one of those things where it's like when he's decisive you know he plays like a like a you know like a good number one goalie should right when he yeah. starts to be a little bit more indecisive and do those different things where again he gets caught in no man's land which is where i think Sisniega found himself doing a couple times mm -hmm. you know or you know and then that's when you start to see some of the cracks in Sisniega's game was just with with more of that indecisiveness in those in between balls, whereas again Miller, you you sometimes wonder like what the heck are you doing? But more often than not, right, he's able to extinguish you know like, you know these little fires that are popping up because we are pushed up so high, right? Yeah. Like he he essentially becomes the the third the third center back as opposed to the keeper, you know, which is you know in the vein of how you know again given given Bob's admiration for the Barcelona style and all those different things that, you know, it's, it's something that Manuel Neuer popularized. And then at Barcelona, as of late, you know, Ter Stegen in terms of their ability to come out and be that sweeper keeper and clean up those types of things. And mm -hmm. so, as opposed to kind of just sticking to your line and again, like you said, if confidence, I think is the biggest thing for either goalkeeper heading into the playoffs. And again, if this is what it's going to take for him to get there. I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what it is with him. I think he needs to, I think he needs those big plays to kind of feed off of, um, to kind of get himself amped. He seems like the kind of guy who is going to get himself pumped up by making a couple big plays, and then he's in the zone. Whereas Pablo Cisniega, I feel, uh, much to his San Cisniega uh, moniker, like I think he's more of a zen, like, come in calming influence i we're all going to be calm i'm going to i'm going to take care of all this um 
But I mean, how many times have we seen Miller over the past year or so come out? It, I, was it this year that he came out all the way to midfield to, to have a clearance? Yeah. And got pretty lucky that the defender didn't beat him. Um, no, for sure. And, and I think it's one of those ones where, you know, it's, it, you you almost need one, you know, either one of those guys, you know, depending on the game that you're playing, right? Again, some of these games where you're having to push everyone high and do those different things, Miller's probably a better influence where he's just, just sitting back there and, you know, again, he's going to have those those big moments where he's going to continue there because, I, you know, like he he's just going to flash in the moments that you need him to, right? right. Versus the ones, you know, do you, you maybe need a Cisnega in some of those bigger games, right, where everyone else is so hyped up that you need someone to just be that calming influence and to kind of direct traffic and do those different things. And so obviously I think at this point, Bob settled with, with Miller as his number one, you know, at least moving forward. Um, You know, cause I'm I'm not sure I see them making another change because I think it'll just disrupt too much. Yeah. Um, I think now that you've got it back on track, the worst thing you could possibly do is throw any more doubt into anybody's mind. Yeah, you know, so he said it. Unless he had given up three or four goals tonight, and even the one goal that gave up, he was in the right position. Tristan Blackman just kind of got in the way, unfortunately, and it was just a weird play. But again, you know, like we've given up weird goals against uh, you know Colorado and some of those things, and those those types of things happen. It's just a matter of now at that point of how you know how do you recover and how how do you what changes do you make you know to make sure that you're you're ready. Yeah, I mean, this goal isn't the, you know, it's not the goal from Toronto. It's not either goal from uh, Minnesota that beats you. It's not the Orlando goal right off kickoff. Although, did you notice that Houston tried that? Yeah. They dropped it. They dropped a kickoff back and it sent it for, I think it was to start the second half, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's not a bad shout, you know, given, given how LEFC has definitely fallen, fallen asleep at times, you know, throughout yeah, the game yeah. and, and have shown a history of it, you might as well, you know, again, and, and, and if you're going to score against them, it's, you know, set pieces are a pretty good place to do it because again, I think again, there's so much confusion and depending on the ref, you know, like people are getting yanked down and pulled down and you never know what's going to happen. And so I think it was just a good opportunity for that to come off. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about set pieces. I feel like there's so much. And every time you start talking, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be great. Let's talk about this. Um, set pieces is a good one because one of the things you can do to break down a bunkered team is to earn and then convert set pieces. Set pe- Wow. Can't talk. Set pieces. Um, and LAFC scores on essentially two of them, right? We get a penalty uh, pretty early on from Brian Rodriguez. And then... Edward Atuesta scores the third goal with a beautiful free kick. Um, I don't know, in like the 75th minute or so, yeah? Yeah, well, and, then, and Vela probably should have had a second with his that went off the crossbar. Yes, right? I, yeah, I think that's in true. The, yeah. the middle of the, like around the 60th minute or so. Yeah, I mean, you're talking has... about three inches away from the record-tying goal right there. Yeah, and so, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, the – Obviously, the 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 types of set pieces that they scored on tonight, and some of the ones that they, they're not your, you know, I think England was the one that popularized like the in the in, during the World Cup, um, you know, it's almost like a basketball set play, out of bounds play where you're, you know, actually I think Gareth Southgate came to a Boston Celtics game to come talk to um, 
Brad Stevens and then went to talk to Bill Belichick as well when he was in Boston oh, wow. to yeah. work on his set pieces because if you have to think, especially at the international level, you don't have a lot of time, you know, to really install a style of play, you know, take notes, mm-hmm. Greg Berhalter when it comes to those things. And so the one thing you can do is, again, do really well on set pieces, right? And so it's not like we scored that type of a set piece where, you know, you're having guys moving and it, it's, a, it's a, a specific thing. I think the last time we scored one of those was... I think it was a Tyler, uh, I mean, a Walker Zimmerman goal, you know, the, a while back, you know, where they, it's, it, it's, it's a certain movement that they, you know, it allowed, it frees one of them up or whatever, you know, but we, again, we haven't seen anything along that line as of late. This was just them being really skilled. Right? Yeah. A great you individual know, but, effort. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and again, and sometimes again, and like you were saying against, against those little blocks, that's what you need, right? Is that you have to have match winners. You have to have guys who can hit, shots and hit balls that no one else can and on this team you probably have about four of them on you know on the field at any given time because i think you know rodriguez is, seems to be a guy that's capable of hitting you know hitting a shot similar you know which i'm not sure why he didn't on that little breakaway that vela fed him with that nasty back heel yeah um, yeah but and then but you know lee Wynn is a guy that's shown to be able to hit a free you know free kick same thing with you know obviously carlos vela depending especially from the right side of the field and then you know and then atuesta you know showing his you know his ability to put that curler in and so again when in in the playoffs you know when teams are playing more defensive if you can draw those fouls at the top of the box with the type of play that they're now using you're going to get those opportunities and extended and to be able to put some of those away and you know again to really stress stress teams that way you know again you have to think of of the three or four right opportunities they had you know they probably should have scored on two of them you know they got the one but probably should have had a second based on 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 the result so yeah, right. you know, like I said, it's it's gonna be ne- it's gonna be necessary to make sure that you put those away, especially heading into into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know I had texted you during the game. I don't know if this is true or not, uh, but given uh, the amount of times we've seen it and the growing frustration from uh, seemingly everybody. I, I kind of do wonder if Bob is sending them into the box on these on these runs and saying stay on the ball till you have a clear shot or you get hauled down. Like, is this part of Bob Bradley's attempt to to break down a team or you know by essentially just earning penalties and free kicks? What do you think about that? Potentially, but I think it it has to do more with again the principle of play, right? Where if you're you're just looking for the highest you know, the highest percentage scoring opportunity, right? And there's not ver- there's not too many that are higher than a penalty kick. Yeah, but course. at the same time, you know, again, like the expected goals from, you know, being able to work, you know, stress you know, stress a team laterally, play a low cross in, play, you know, a through ball in, in the tightest of windows, right, is much better than, you know, than, again, hitting cross you know hitting these high lofted crosses to a target striker or hoping them yeah. they can yeah. hoping that that target man can flick the ball on or do those different things so i think it has more to do with just a style of play than anything else mm-hmm. right in terms of again just not you know them trying to work more you know work towards goal as opposed to taking some of these longer shots because again it just doesn't necessarily hit the right way but anyone who was looking for a long shot probably got it tonight because there was way more than 
we probably should have taken. Yeah. And it's like I think they made up for all the all the times where they didn't shoot from outside the box in one game because I I think I saw it more tonight than I had in any other game previous. Yeah, it, one of those things that we've talked about a couple times that's been missing as well, not just the long shots, is the cross, especially from players out wide who are typically the fullbacks, right? Because you have the wingers that cut in, the nine who's sitting central, in between the center backs, so the fullbacks are the ones providing the width, but so often. We've seen both Beta Shore and Harvey just pull the ball back and recycle possession into the midfield. And then we start all over again. And, th- and then, you know, then we're trying to force balls in between lines. Um, the, our second goal comes from a fullback cross. Now, it's not, it doesn't come off as it, as Tristan Blackman intended it, but there's something to be said about putting the ball in a dangerous area and scoring a few poachers goals here and there. Um, do you remember the last time a fullback crossed the ball, Josh, specifically? The no, last one I honestly remember I'm is sorry. against Galaxy when when Beta Shore uh, found he picked out Rossi on the back post, and that's the I think it's Latif's second goal in that match. Yeah. Um, I think I'm Harvey. Sure I, I want to say Harvey. Then, but, Harvey had a low cross somewhere in there too that, that went for a goal, but okay. again, like the fact that it again we just don't see it as often is probably. A big part of why you know we've gone through a little bit of a dry spell here and, yeah you know, and, and i yeah. think it's just one of those things where again the the approach kind of wavers between one that favors the, that plays the forwards more inside and then one that plays them out wide and so you know i think there's times when you don't you know it doesn't it's not called for but at the same time i think you have the eight you know the both Latif and Mark Anthony K haven't been spectacular on the ball, you know, as of late. And so when that happens and you're just, you know, you're giving, you're giving away opportunity, not to give you opportunities, but you're just giving away, you know, cheap, you know, cheap turnovers at the top of the box, you know, as you know, when, when the wingers are trying to work their way in um, again, now that you get, I think you're getting, they were getting, starting to get caught in no man's land and those types of things. And you just, you didn't see, the decisiveness and the style in terms of how they were going to approach it with the fullbacks, you know, over the last few games. And I think now what you're starting to see again is a very distinct effort, you know, effort to make sure that you can provide that width from the fullback play more inside. And again, maybe that's a matchup thing just against Houston. Right. But, um, you know, the way that they did it today when they overlap was patient, right? And I think that was the one thing that we talked about in the Carson game was even though Beta was would make the run to overlap, you just had these passes that were basically kicked as hard as possible towards the defense as opposed to playing that nice triangle where the forward maybe drops down and then he hits the overlap and then cuts back inside, you know, yeah. type of thing. And, and, and more one-twos and more of, again, earning in the run of play as opposed to just, again, trying to... F- hit a guy that's running outside, send it, have him send it across, and then he runs back to where he started. You know, it's it's a little bit less of that. It's more, a little bit more intricate in terms of the buildup, you know, but it, it, again, it is it is nice to see that added element because I think it's it when you can't break it down from the middle, you have to see a little bit more with being provided, you know, again, which now can just disrupt and disorient the defense as opposed to most of it starting right at the edge of the box from the winger like we had been showing over, as of late. Right, right. All right. Well, I mean, anything else you want to get into? I, I do feel like I'm 
uh, I mean, one, I'm excited to go back and analyze a win. It feels like, kind of like you said, it feels like it's been forever. Um, but also, uh, I just feel like there's so much more to, to look at in this match. So, anything else you want to get into before we go to uh, some questions here? No, because I think, like I said, I think there's there's definitely more to take apart when it comes to, you know, when it comes to the tactics and how they went, how they approach this game comparatively to ones before, you know, and and I think the other thing to look at is again is now to see what what that means going forward. I think is something we're going to have to take a look at because I think that's ultimately the thing that now that the supporter shield has been won, that's probably the most pressing and most concerning thing is where do we go from here? Yeah. Yeah, so there are a few questions about that, uh, and it's no surprise that uh, uh, they're mostly about the playoffs and you know what do, what do we need to do to make sure that we stay like this. Um, so let's go to let's go to uh, Mike Betts first at Betts. I think I'm saying that right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Uh, this isn't necessarily a question verbatim. He had asked us about you know why why win hadn't been playing and I had said something about like let's talk about him possibly being a double pivot and I think that's kind of a misnomer because I don't think he should be pulled back into like a, a true six um, where you know it's either him or Atuesta that are receiving the ball but him as an eight seems like such a good fit right now uh, what do you do with that Josh if you're, yeah, if you're the manager I mean, obviously, I think it comes down to a matchup issue, right? For me, in terms of you know, again, if you're if you're playing a team, you know that that you that you're going to be keeping the you know possession for the majority of the game and those types of things. Which, again, playing playing all of the you know our our playoff games at home, you know, should we continue to advance, you know, you're probably going to see a lot of that. Um, his composure and his ability to now shuttle the ball forward and do those different things um, without, you know, and and play just smart passes, right? There's, he's that, he's the one, you know, he's one of the few guys on the team can hit that pass, you know, that, you know, that perfect pass that just slides people into the space. That the, just, the pass you know, gives that you Bela in between the fullback and the center back on the left wing, uh, he receives that ball, I think from Rossi, one or two touches as he's turning and immediately fires that ball through. And I haven't seen that pass work in at least a month, I don't think. Uh, and he yeah, did it under but I think it comes. Through. It has to do with his... He has that positional awareness, right? Like, yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, like what we've seen lately, right, is K or, K or Blessing taking that turn, you know, and both of them are perfectly capable of making that turn. But then it's just a ball that's rocketed in at 100 miles an hour, you know, towards the defense, and it just pinballs off of three people, and then, you know, then it's a turnover, and then we try to win it back up higher up the pitch, right? Which you know is a tactic in itself, I guess. You know, with the counter press and everything like that, and you know, and it and it's worked well to a certain degree. But against these teams that have, you know, five or six guys that are are, are dropping deep, you have to have to hit that incisive pass, right? That just falls at someone's feet in stride and allows them to put the ball in frame you know or or because you hit him in stride it causes the defense to have to overreact and overshift to compensate for now what advantage you've been given um because of that type of pass versus again one that's hit 
you know, hit into a static defense doesn't do much to move them either way. But one, again, that's played into space with, with room now causes that overreaction. And then you're going to start to see, you know, those goals at the back post, those poacher goals, all those types of things, because people are getting moved, you know, against being stressed laterally, you know, as well as vertically on the initial ball. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the last thing I'll say about this is I don't think with Hatuesu you even need a double pivot. He's capable of doing it by himself. Um, so you can play the you know the attacking four three three where you have one central midfielder that plays deep and two that play forward, um, and you know one that kind of connects everybody, which would be Lee Win in this in this point in this instance. And we saw you know as soon as some of that pressure is relieved from Atuesta, he's got more than enough skill on the ball and with his passing to find, to pick out uh, players in the attacking third. So. Um, I know I kind of <laughs> brought up the double pivot myself and then shot down the theory, but I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, Lee's ability to shuttle the ball and pick out those passes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in possession, he just, he's going to just drop down to now, again, now when the ball's played from the back, right? There's just another option as opposed to yeah, exactly. if you're, if, if, if Atuas is there by himself, yeah, you, you, we, we know he can make that, that turn, you know, in the Busquets like way you know and then get free and then keep, keep his head up and then hit that next pass but is it ideal yeah why make no. him do that if you don't have to yeah whereas if you can play you know you play a guy like lee win you know to drop down into space now you know again if you play that now you have a ball you know now you can play a ball too at to us's feet who's now you know to see that run there as opposed to having to have him play with his back to goal at all you know and then flip and turn again it it, it limits his his vision is as enraged as a passer because again he has to make that turn first. So there's a whole you know few seconds you know where he's while he's receiving the pass and making the turn, right? That he's losing sight of what what's happening behind him. Yeah. You know, versus I think when you have Lee dropping into the space, now again you can play that ball at his feet when he can just you know when he's already being able to kind of scan and see and then make that next make that next move. So. Yeah, I, I know this may sound weird on a night where he has a fantastic goal line clearance, but um, you can kind of cope with some of the defensive liabilities uh, that he may have because right now you're playing fullbacks who can actually recover. So you don't have to rely on both Latif Blessing and Mark Anthony K's speed to get back and track down balls that are played behind the fullbacks and can't recover in time. Um, so if you have, you know, these defenders that are all capable of, of tracking back, then you can afford to have somebody like Lee Wynn out there uh, to help uh, push the offense forward as well. Yeah, and so I think it's just one of those things where, you know, again, I think it's gonna, it's situational. It's something that I think from a from a tactical point of view, you know, I th- I, we've seen Kay do it before, and so it just may be one of those things where, he needs to see it and then be able to go and repeat it on the field. Yeah. You know, more than anything like that. And then again, some of these bunker team, maybe your best lineup is to play Latif back on the wing again, right? Because, you know, it, it, it does something, you know, it, it, I think it, it takes away some of the things that he's, you know, you're limiting the things that he's, he's not as good at and you're, you're making, and the things that he is actually good at are actually beneficial when you're playing against a low block. So yeah, I think right. it's, it's right. one of those things where that that substitution and and that that adjustment actually came off really well based on what I saw. Mm-hmm. All right, next question 
LAFC Kansas Midwestern supporters. Thank you for always tweeting at us, guys. Uh, do you think this win will boost our guys' morale and have them on full playoff mode from here on out? I mean, it has to start somewhere. Obviously, like I said, I think they this this should just be the beginning, and and, and I think that we had talked about it briefly off the air, where we were were wondering is it does he does Bob stick with the lineup or do they kind of go back to K, you know, a little bit and and see what that looks like again, and you know, ultimately, it was the one it's the monkey off your back because it was the question is could you win the big game and for four straight games we couldn't win that game that really clinches it. And so again, I think it it a win like this to bring home to bring home silverware. I think from a mental standpoint, it gets you just in that right frame of mind where you're now hungry for the next one, as opposed to again, kind of living in and and playing more from a reactionary standpoint as opposed to one that's going to be more progressive. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I, I definitely think it's like it's a good starting point. Obviously, it remains to be seen whether or not it's going to, you know. I'm not I'm not huge on things like momentum and 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 some of those things because most of those states are mental, you know. But I think, like I said, if it puts them there, I think you'll you know it in that mental state where they're able to start feeling confident and so on and so forth. And I think you're going to start to see some of those things come off. Yeah, for me, I think it's it, it is more like you describe it—the monkey off their back. Where okay, this is finally closed out. Now we have two games. Uh, that we can do with essentially what we want. Um, you know, we can go chase the the points total record. We can get Vela a few more goals. We can rest guys if we need to. Uh, it just frees you up a little bit. And what I really want to see, to be honest with you, is I want to see Bob trot out the same lineup and say, "All right, let's see if this is gonna. Let's see if this really has the legs to take us uh, all the way to the MLS Cup." Um, because again, this team tonight played infinitely better than they have in the last month. Um, so I say you stick with it, and you continue to you continue to build on that, and you take whatever confidence, like you said, that you have from tonight, and you just let them play with that. Because I think one thing that you saw over the last month is a team that's starting to look more and more desperate. Are we going to close it out? Are we going to blow this? Are we, you know, are we, are we fake? Can we, can we win that big game? Uh, like you brought up. Um, but now that that's all taken care of, uh, I think you just trot out the same team again and see where it goes from here. I mean, what's, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You get to the playoffs and you're like, ah, that wasn't quite it. Let's bring it back. Let's bring back in Harvey and beta short. They'll be ready no matter what. So, all right. Next one is from at Chrissy Pooh. How do you guys feel about our MLS Cup run now? Have we found ourselves out of the slump, or are we a work in progress? Kind of the same question, but a little bit different. What do you got? There? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it goes a long way from a mental standpoint. Again, like you're saying, I think having something to play for at this point, comparatively to last season, where you're just trying to get your head get yourself ready for the playoffs you know i think it means a lot more right because you won something you were able to you know you were able to win a game that really mattered especially with new york coming out and beating atlanta today right you have to think that it it bodes well heading to the playoffs right from a mental standpoint because again i think it's one of those things where you know again be 
when when they play with confidence, they play to the principles, they do those different things, you know, again, they're they're largely unbeatable. But when they kind of stress over, you know, either stress themselves from overhyping things up or, you know, or the complete opposite, then it, then things don't quite go, you know, and the way they want. And I think it's trying to find that happy, that happy medium being between the two of, you know, obviously making sure that you're pushing, but then not, not fal- faltering in, in those big moments. And again, I think, you know, big moments from a psychological perspective are largely overrated in terms of how we view them. They're, they're generally a mental state, um, you know, as opposed to the actual reality of the actions being complete, you know, the actions com- being completed in those moments. But sometimes again, you let it build up to a point where now it changes the way you go about things yeah. and something that you do every single day and that sort of thing. And so having, you know, again, having that opportunity to kind of run through the motions already and get and, and kind of figure out, okay, you know, like we, now that we've already been in a tight spot and we've pulled through that tight spot, now you have that muscle memory to now make it automatic as opposed to something that you're overthinking. And I think that to me, it is the bigger, is the bigger point in terms of the momentum heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we actually just had two more questions come in, so we better, <laughs> we better get to these before we sign off here. Uh, at call me Danny, all three lineup lineup changes played great. And I hope to see El Munir start from now on. Uh, I completely agree. I mean, I already said that I want to see the same lineup for the next two games, at least. Um, or at least for the next match. Maybe if it goes catastrophic, then we uh, we switch it up. But El Munir's ability to take on defenders one-on-one uh, was sorely missed. Uh, and his ability to shuttle the ball, again, kind of like we talked about with Lee Wynn, he's another option to shuttle the ball forward because he can take defenders on one-on-one. Uh, he can cross the ball. He can play creative passes. Um, so I'm all about these three lineup changes and want to see him again. Anything else there, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is as fast as they can run forward, they can also run just as fast coming back. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 to, and to me, I think given given the way that you're going to play teams that like the counter, and I think based on the standings you're looking at playing against, you know, uh, who's, who's in fifth and sixth right now because – Carson won tonight, so it looks like you're looking at a matchup with either Real Salt Lake or Portland, mm-hmm. right? Heading into that into the next round, and yeah. both of those teams are teams that like to counter, right? We've seen what they both of those teams can do, you know. And Portland is tragically you know, pretty dangerous. On both accounts, we've seen what they can do. They both knocked out yeah. of big competitions because they were able to bunker and counter. Mm-hmm. And so, knowing that and those types of things, you're going to have to have. You know, again, both that reco- that ability to push forward, but also that recovery to make sure that you can you snuff out any attacks. You know, and I think you saw Munir do it several times where he's pushed forward. You know, Segura pushes outside like he has been to kind of you know to make sure that he they they get they get a man on the early counter, and that the second that ball's played into the box, what you saw was Munir flying in out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, sending the ball into outer space. You yeah. know, and again, that's something that you know what we've seen from Harvey is more of him just kind of jockeying them down the line and waiting for help to come and those types of things, as opposed to just being able to out physical and outrun certain guys. And I think yeah. that's what, again, against teams like a Portland where they're not necessarily pushing numbers forward. It's just about, you know, again, you have to have that effort and that ability to get back um, against some of these teams and, you know, 
and neither Harvey nor Beta have quite been able to do that. Again, you know, maybe in a possession game, you know, that's probably where they're going to factor in a little bit more. Maybe against you know teams like a Seattle, you know, or or um, <clears throat> even Minnesota. I mean, even the Galaxy to a certain degree, right? They're not really burning you over the top with speed. You know, as much as they are just playing flick-ons and things like that. So, yeah. again, control. That's where you're going to want that control and that composure. Versus again, some of the counter teams that we're going to see in the early rounds, it's more about just again being able to recover. Um, and so, again, I think Munir is a good shout heading in there. Blackman, as well. You know, but you know, obviously, it depends on it depends from offense perspective what what Bob decides to do. You know, because I think that's going to be the first thought at this point because again you are you are going to face some of those blocks so whoever is going to provide that in training is probably going to be who's going to get the start mm-hmm. moving forward all right last one here josh uh comes from all the way from australia lafc australia at lafc oz will you pay for my flights over for the playoffs um you know once we get that sponsored that first sponsorship then you know we'll see <laughs> We're going to get that away days uh, you know, football but, money. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> to this point where, you know, Kirk's probably sitting in his van recording um, and I'm downstairs trying to be as quiet as possible. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a little bit of a stretch at the moment, but, you know, but we'll, we'll work on it. Had it moving. Yeah. Forward. Yeah. My mic's actually out for repair. My sound is different, everybody, because my mic is being repaired right now. Uh, what I will say is if you want to come on the show and plead your case, uh, and I see him going back and forth with Danny uh, in the replies here uh, if about a GoFundMe and everything. If you want to, if you want to come on and, and you know, uh, talk about that GoFundMe and plead your case, you are more than welcome to come on and do that. Just let us know when you want to do it and we'll make it happen. Um, so like Josh said, though, we're going to need some more sponsors before we can make that happen. But Josh, anything else for tonight? No, like I said, I'm just it's you know congratulations to the guys bringing yes. home that first trophy. It's a good start, you know. Like, and, and I think it's just again, it's it, at this point, it's now reset and then move on to the next one. Yes, uh, Josh, do you know how long it took the Galaxy to get their first supporter shield? Um. About as long as it takes to run up from midfield to whatever on the on whatever shootout <laughs> things were happening in the early MLS. Uh, it was their third season, so obviously a very different league back then. Uh, many might say a much easier league to do it in, uh, but in their third season, so we're 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 on pace. We're on pace to do great things. I will say. Anyway, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore. Follow me at Kirk Kinsey. You can email the show at uh, the Counter Press Show at gmail.com. Josh, what about you? Where do we find you? LAFC Josh on Twitter. All right. So we'll be coming back at you. Uh, we haven't really discussed if we're going to do an in depth analysis on this one. I kind of want to, but we also have another game this weekend. So, uh, one way or another, you'll be hearing from us in a few days. And with that, we will sign off. Good night, everybody. And congrats to the boys once again on uh, wrapping up the Supporter Shield. And- Fantastic season.